Good evening. Would you please stand and join with me in the greeting printed in your bulletin? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your infirmities. Please pray with me. Most holy God, your Son came to save sinners. We come to this season of repentance, confessing our unworthiness, asking for new and honest hearts, and the healing power of your forgiveness. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. be seated. This scripture reading comes from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 19. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. 
Gather the people, consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. The Lord will reply to them, I am sending you grain, new wine and oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we have sinned in word and deed and thought. Through ignorance, through weakness, through deliberate fault. We've sinned against our neighbors and against you, Lord. Yet we are truly sorry, and we turn to you once more. Father, we have sinned in word and deed and thought, through ignorance, through weakness, through deliberate fault. We've sinned against our neighbors and against you, Lord. Yet we are truly sorry, and we turn to you once more. This reading comes from Second Corinthians, chapter five, verses twenty through chapter six, verse ten, starting at the second portion of verse 20 in chapter 5. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I help you. I tell you, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves to in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, Beaten and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord.
Please remain standing for the gospel. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 21. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what you have done in secret, will reward you. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the, the truth, they have received their, full re, their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The word of the Lord. According to Dr. Linda Gottlieb, the practice of psychotherapy in the United States is losing its client base. In 11 years, the number of patients receiving psychological interventions plummeted by 30%. Now, as she goes on to explain, the reasons for this, um, this decline, is, are, they're complex, But she focuses on one trend, that psychotherapy involves the long, hard work of facing our own issues, and that many people today would rather blame others for their problems. In other words, she says, psychotherapists used to see patients who were unhappy and wanted to understand themselves. Now they see more and more patients who come in because they want someone else or something else to change. As a result, she says, uh, therapists are hiring rebranding consultants who are offering advice such as, uh, rather than saying to their patients, I treat people with depression and anxiety, advertise your services by asking, are you having trouble with difficult people in your life? Rather than identify themselves as psychotherapists, they should use a more positive title like uh, a happiness locator. And rather than emphasize the pain and the cost of personal transformation, they should provide extravagant sales pitches like, you will feel empowered and at peace. Handling day-to-day struggles will be a breeze. She says, all of this makes me feel that we are moving in a direction that is very unprofessional and unrealistic, but at the very least, it gets people in the door. Now, as I read that, I I found that fascinating, particularly as it relates to our gathering tonight. We are a culture that finds it very difficult to admit our sin. We find it hard to say to someone genuinely, I'm sorry. We will say, I'm sorry, but, or I'm sorry, nevertheless. But just to say, I'm sorry, and leave it at that is very difficult for us. We find it a stretch to acknowledge that that whatever went wrong was really our fault. 
when life turns south, when stuff happens, we struggle to admit our role in it, much less admitting that we were actually more responsible than anyone else for what happened. Our first recourse in times of trouble and need is typically to assign blame. They hurt me. They mistreated me. They judged me. It's all their fault. And the difficult part of this is to that is to some extent we are right. You know, people do hurt us. People do mistreat us. People do judge us. Often it is their fault. But it's also our fault. And our refusal to take responsibility for our actions is not just a problem with other people. It's a problem with other people because ultimately it is a problem with God. We often find it difficult to admit, to truly admit that we have sinned against God. We may feel sorry for our sin. We may lament the consequences of our sin. But deep inside, we struggle to admit that we are as sinful as we are. We want to convince other people. We want to convince ourselves that our sin really isn't that big of a deal. It's not really that harmful. It it doesn't really come between us and God. We are experts at justifying our behavior. And of course, it didn't start with us. The ancient Israelites are experts at this too, as the prophet Joel reminds us. God calls and sends the prophets to help Israel see that they are sinning against God. And he sends the prophets to convince them that the only appropriate response to their sin is repentance. To openly and honestly acknowledge their sin and to humbly admit their need for God. And it's their unwillingness to repent, their unwillingness to humble themselves that eventually causes them to face the punishment of exile. And the prophets that call Israel are the same prophets that are calling us and asking for the same response of repentance and humility. We are called to honestly and openly acknowledge our sin, our sin against God, our sin against others, our sin against all that God has created and designed for this world. And we're called to humbly acknowledge that the only solution to our sin is Christ and the cross. God's plan for us, no doubt, is victorious living, overcoming sin, living in victory. But victorious living doesn't begin by denying our sin. It begins by acknowledging our sin. And acknowledging that the only solution to our sin is not working harder. It is surrendering ourselves to the cross. And this is why Ash Wednesday is so important for us. I recognize that Many evangelicals have a bias against this day. It feels to some people ritualistic. It feels, makes some people feel uncomfortable. For some people, it may feel like they are moving outside the scope of the Protestant church. And I, I sympathize with those feelings. But I do wonder sometimes if those reasons aren't really just a smokescreen for something deeper that we don't really like thinking about the reality of our sin. We want to avoid experiences that are going to challenge us to honestly and humbly acknowledge our sin. And tonight, that's exactly what we're going to do. We are here tonight in this moment, to individually and corporately acknowledge our sin, repent of our sin, and surrender ourselves to Christ who died for our sin. There is nothing magical about placing a thumbprint of ashes on our forehead. 
It doesn't make us more spiritual. It doesn't make us better. It does, however, symbolize the attitude in our hearts. The attitude of repentance for our sin. And the attitude of humility as we bow before Christ who has given all for us and for our sin. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Christians have always observed with great devotion the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. It became the custom of the church to prepare for Easter by a season of penitence, fasting, and prayer. And the season of 40 days provided a time in which converts to the faith were prepared for baptism into the body of Christ. It was also the time when persons who had committed serious sins and had been separated from the community of faith would be reconciled by penitence and forgiveness and restored to the fellowship of the church. The whole congregation is thus reminded of the mercy and forgiveness proclaimed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need that we all have to begin or to renew our baptismal faith. I invite you in the name of the Lord to observe a holy Lent by self-examination, penitence, prayer, fasting, generous giving, and by reading and meditating on the word of God. To make a right beginning as a mark of our mortality, let us bow before our creator and our redeemer in a moment of silent prayer and confession. Father, we come before you tonight acknowledging our sin. We come tonight seeking your forgiveness as we repent of our sin. We come tonight to bow humbly before you, recognizing the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sin. We pray that you will speak into our hearts, our souls, our minds, our spirits. That we might know the joy of forgiveness. We pray this through Christ. Father, we acknowledge that you have created us out of the dust of the earth. We pray that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and our penitence. So that we may remember that only by your gracious gift... Are we given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior? Amen. In Old Testament times, People in mourning often tore their clothes, put on sackcloth, and covered themselves with ashes. It was a symbol of their sadness and often of their repentance. 
This practice was renewed by the church in the Middle Ages. In the early days of the church, symbols were very important to communicate the truths of God because many people could not read. And so even as we read through the Old Testament, we see many times where God helps people understand who he is through symbol. We light candles, for instance, when we gather as a, as a symbol of God's presence with us. We talk Sunday about, the, the, about oil being the presence of the Holy Spirit, a symbol of that. And the ashes are a symbol of our, our acknowledgement of our sin and of our repentance. There is nothing magical about these ashes, but they do help us express what's in our hearts. They are a symbol, a means of helping us experience God, much as communion and baptism and many of the other symbols of the church help us understand and experience God. And so tonight we are inviting you to... uh, to receive the imposition of ashes. I recognize that this may be unfamiliar territory to some of you. So uh, please know it's completely voluntary. But we do invite all of you who would like to come. And we invite you to come and to kneel around the, uh, the communion rail. And, um, and I will bring the ashes to you. If kneeling is difficult for you, just have a seat in one of these red chairs and... And I will come to you with the ashes. Feel free to stay and meditate and pray as long as you would like. And, And then when there are openings at the rail, others may come until all have had the opportunity to receive the ashes. Our prayer is that as we individually and corporately bow before God tonight, we will know God's grace and mercy upon us as we repent and acknowledge our sin and our need of him. So if you would like to receive the imposition of ashes, please come.
You may be seated. Please join me in the Psalm of Confession as we read Psalm 51 together in unison. The words will be found on the screen. Please pray with me. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of the Lord. Christ, you are forgiven. Therefore, rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us come before the Father in confident prayer. O God, our great shepherd, 
You tenderly gather us as lambs, carrying us with your all-embracing love. Yet like sheep, we wander from you, following our own ways, ignoring your voice, distrusting your provisions. Forgive our stubborn rebellion, our hardened hearts, our lack of trust. Refresh us once again by your quiet waters of mercy and restore our souls by your redeeming love. Guide our paths that we might follow you more closely, even as we unburden our hearts to you in this moment of silent confession. Father, we come tonight not only praying for ourselves, but in the loving spirit of Christ, praying for others. In this moment of silence, hear our prayers for healing, our prayers for comfort, our prayers for peace and restoration, for the answers that we need and that our world needs that only you can give. Father, on this night, when we acknowledge our sin, we also acknowledge your grace. We thank you for your grace in hearing our prayers. We thank you for your grace to us in Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd the one in whom, through whom we offer our prayers, and the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Please join me in the benediction. It's printed in your bulletin. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Go in peace.